Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 354 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's show is sponsored by... Oh, geez, I don't remember who it's sponsored by. Hold on, I'll be right back. Sorry about that, I'm back. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Dexcom and Omnipod. Find out more about the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor by going to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And to get a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump sent directly to you, or just to find out more, myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Jamie's on the show today. She was type two before she was type one meaning somebody misdiagnosed her as type 2. But she has an incredibly different perspective than most of the people coming on the show because she came to America from another country to study here. So she knows two different worlds. I want you to remember two things. Don't skip forward because you think I'm just going to tell you that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical plan we're becoming bold with insulin. You think I know that, Scott? I was going to skip through it, but there's something else. I'd like you to check out juiceboxdocs.com and diabetesprotip.com. Those are two URLs I've set up. One to get you to the ever-growing list of great diabetes doctors that have been sent in by listeners. You can add yours to the list, by the way. And at diabetesprotip.com. All of the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes are collected in one place for those of you who would like to listen to them again or share them more easily. So that's pretty much it. I want you to get ready for Jamie. Jamie's got a little bit of an accent, but you'll stop hearing it in just a couple of minutes. She's got a really great story. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. I feel like... I'm almost like a completely different person since I sent you the email. You know what? I really, really thought that's what was going to be, you know, when when we started talking, because you were at the very beginning of an incredibly confusing journey when you sent this email. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll pick through it a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it sounds like an interview. Um, so my name is uh, Jamie Song. Uh, I have a, a Chinese name uh, as Songying Song, but it's hard um, like uh, American people to pronounce that. So um, Jamie is my reservation name and uh, takeout name and everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my reservation and takeout name. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so a little bit about my journey is, um, I think I, it's a long story actually, because right now I'm 29 years old, Mm -hmm. but when I was like 18, probably even earlier, I start, start to have those, uh, low, low blood sugar symptoms. Um, I, I always want to learn that long word, like that fancy word, but uh, I haven't. So I always like sweat and um, like um, it's always like after two hours of uh, eating or it's either around midnight or it's like I had breakfast at 8 a.m. and I start to have this crazy like low sugar symptom at 10 or sometimes 12 at noon so but we didn't figure it out i i'm i feel like i'm a constant visitor to hospital because i wasn't like that much of a healthy kid when uh, growing up so but we like we see doctors like western medicine doctors and also chinese medicine doctors they didn't know like uh, what is happening? I was having anemia back then, so until then, like until 2013, I came to United States for my master program at Columbia University. Somehow, I got something checked out, and uh, the nurse was saying, "Oh, you need to watch your A1C because it's elevated." It, it was like. Um, I didn't remember the exact number. It's either 4.8 or 5 point something. So, 
oh, I, so I, I saw like, oh, I probably need to exercise. And uh, I remember I started running at that time at the gym of the uh, university. Also, I, um, I run like outdoors and like, start to eat salad. Before that, I never thought of like salad as a like a meal, like because I feel like it's just raw vegetables. But um, I, I did that for a while. Also, I, I remembering like in year of 2015, I start to see a, a specialist like uh, it's she's an endo, mm-hmm. but uh, like uh, in the hospital near our university. And she was like, uh, give me a bunch of like uh, uh, strip strips and also the meter want me to take my sugar like after the meal, before meal, and uh, before bedtime, like for four months. And at that time, she saw it and she says, oh, it's still okay. Like, I don't, I cannot give you any diagnosis right now, uh, but you need to watch your diet and uh, exercise. So at that time, I think definitely my A1C was five point something. And they maybe. Were th- and you were thinking, well, everyone was thinking you were, about to get type 2 diabetes is that what was happening yeah i think so like uh, she's more like towards that because also she wasn't sure she said i don't know if you are type 1 or type 2 but until now i realized she could have test my all my uh antibodies or like Mm -hmm. yeah uh, to make sure like to figure out what is happening but she didn't She, she just let me go home um, so I saw a nurse, like, uh, uh, or a, like, um, dietitian, yeah. um, to like, she, t- she taught me how to eat berries, like how many, um, very detailed and, uh, how to control my diet. But that lasts for a while. I was eating healthy. I was exercising, but I, <laughs> and then I had a room, another roommate, like very uh, like me a lot like sweets mm-hmm. so we drink coke like do whatever like eat noodles like there was um there's a xian famous food near chinese uh university also you know like chinese i'm a chinese so our diet is more like heavy on carbs so i basically like lost it like at that time, I feel like something changed at my house. Like I, I was thinking because our that apartment we rent is like more towards uh, like uh, indoor. Like the the window doesn't have that much light. So I was like during the weekend I can sleep through like noon or something. I was quite sleepy. Also, I feel lazy or like lethargic, almost like since I was. 15 or 12 okay. because I, I start to I gained a lot of weight when I was in middle school like 12 I was um, I don't know how much pounds um, but I was like 45 kilograms mm-hmm. when I was 12 but I jumped to maybe almost like 60 when I was like like you know, a very short period of time. And that was that was all weight. You didn't get like incredibly taller at that time, or something like that, too. Not really, because yeah. my height is five four. Okay. Um. Uh, so it's uh, around that that height almost all the time. Mm-hmm. So I gained weight. I was skinny, but I, because when I was in middle school, my mom suddenly started to cook very her her cooking skills like um. Like turn into another person, like it's really delicious. It's... She got better. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 I I start to eat more, and also the the work at school start to pick up. So I don't run outside all the times. Instead, I sit inside and do my homework all the time. So I gain a lot of weight. Can I ask you? Have you ever had your thyroid levels checked? Thyroid level? I think so. Yeah, I think that's. Bef- the why I saw my endo, like when I got my final diagnosis, before that my endo saw my thyroid level. She was saying something. Yeah, because my thought there is, if you had a, a significant weight gain out of nowhere, 
mm-hmm. and you're lethargic and you're sleeping a lot, that 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 all could lead to hype um hypothyroidism. Oh which, which Arden has and Oh, and, I see. and is very similar. I've you know, Arden didn't gain weight with it. She just got really tired and mm-hmm. and and Arden's the same way. If you if you black out her windows, she'll sleep forever. You know, forever yeah <laughs> yeah I, I heard you talking about this before yeah. on the podcast i think yeah. it's well worth looking into can i can mm-hmm. i let me pick through a couple other questions too so where, mm-hmm. where did you grow up uh, i grew up in china it, what how would we like whereabouts and like is there a province um, or how do they how do they split china up so it's uh, it's uh, in the middle. If you have ever heard of Shaolin Temple, it's in our city. Okay. So our province is called Henan, and our city is Zhengzhou. So it's not a like really famous city like Beijing and Shanghai, but it's in the right right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you were there until it was time to come to to do your graduate work. Yeah, almost. Like yeah. I had my college not far from my home. How does that work? Um, not to get too far away from diabetes for a second, but how does somebody, mm-hmm. how does someone from the middle of China, who I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming obviously is a really incredible student, how do you find your way to Colombia? Um, I think when I was in college, my cousin was telling me someone, her, her like uh, classmate because she was uh, having a master's degree, uh, is getting those tests called GRE mm-hmm. and TOEFL and. Um, I was thinking about it because either I'm going to graduate school in China or I'm thinking about here. So I definitely want to go outside and check it out what is out there. Did so you, I start. Yeah. Did you take the GRE? Yeah, I do. Is it I your did. intention to be a doctor? Uh, no, I think it's uh, because I'm, I was studying math. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, MRE is for physicians, uh, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I think so. It's a mm-hmm. separate thing. So GRE is more for science subject. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, so let's pick a little more through. So because you said something here, we have friends who are Indian, and mm-hmm. they they say that the um, uh, instance of type two diabetes in Indians living in America mm. is incredible because of the again their diets are so like really like <laughs> carb heavy and like, you know, sauces and stuff like that. And, yeah. And so you grew up with the same thing. Now, how about back at home? Are there, are there family members with diabetes? No, actually, um, not, not at all. Or like my grandparents, they, they passed away quite early. Also at that time, they don't have this sort of thing to check it out, check it out. But none of my parents' siblings were themselves have have it gotcha and so there's nobody who can help you at home and you're just you're here trying to figure it out on your own do you go to the doctor at a private physician or do you go through the school um so um at that time i i got that first like uh unusual a1c at school and then i graduated i started to work so gotcha. yep Man, now, now you're now you're a real person with a job yeah (laughs) Um, okay so is it at some point someone figured out wait i had one more question that i i'm sorry Mm -hmm. you said that with the um with your diet being like heavy the way it was at home and you got here and you described like you know i like to like drink soda and eat carb heavy meals all Mm -hmm. all those things were available at home or was it sort of the situation where you got here and you're like wow look at all of these options i didn't have before uh, you mean heavy carbs? Well, even, uh, even like Coke and like stuff like yeah. that. Is, that. is that universal or did you get here and yeah. like presented with you, a bunch of things? I think it's universal. Like, um, because when I was little, like, I feel like I was drinking soda growing up. I, I'm such crazy fan about Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like a sign? Was it like a hey, this is American, this is cool, like that kind of feeling? Uh, not really. I feel like life wise, it's miserable. <laughs> Sorry, no offense. No, no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> um, because I feel like um, all 
uh, I would say the Western food I had at home, like we had Pizza Hut at home. Yeah. Uh, it's more like a sit-down, like dinner, like cheese factory or like a more fancy diner, like in China. So mm-hmm. all the pizza, burgers, KFC, like uh, McDonald's are customized to Chinese like taste. I would say I would rather have KFC in China than here, here. because yeah. It sounds to me like America, America <laughs> is planning like a we're, we're we're attacking you with bad restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's delicious actually. Yeah. I feel like when I was growing up, uh, KFC would be like uh, a more better meal than like other meals. It's more expensive and also like. Um, I couldn't have it every day. Or, right. Was it tailored? Yeah. Was it tailored to a Chinese culture, or was it chicken and mashed potatoes? I think it's tailored to Chinese culture. It's main. I feel like I, I always had that impression. Like McDonald's and uh, KFC are chicken burgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, only a few like uh, beef burgers, but here I feel like most of the beefs. Uh, most of the burgers like Shake Shack, uh, Five Guys, uh, also like Mac- McDonald's, they have more like beef burgers. Right, right. I understand. Okay, um, well, that's really it's crazy. How did you speak any English when you got here? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because as TOEFL, it's a language test. It has like writing, speaking, listening, and uh, what else? Yeah, uh, so it has everything. So you have to get certain grade to get 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 into a good school. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's really cool. Are are your? I mean, what are you doing now? You said you're out and you're working. What kind of a job do you have? Yeah, so I work in uh, pharmaceutical right after my graduation as a analyst, um, more like statistical analyst because I w- went to a stats program. Um, uh, now I'm a like software engineer, like completely different. Just um, not, not with pharma anymore. Oh uh, no, I'm with a bank. Uh, I'm with JP Morgan right now. Oh wow, jeez, you're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not re- really hard. It's just um. You said it's not hard. Yeah, I would say I feel I am like an average person, like yeah. especially. Uh, among Chinese, so yeah, I feel like if you just apply, apply, keep pl- applying, mm-hmm. so you get it. J- Jamie, uh, smart people always think they're not smart. <laughs> it's very interesting. I'm average for you know a statistical analyst. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, all right. So at what point? Because do you consider yourself type one now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because the funny story is. Actually, I got my first diagnosis in China um, because I was drinking sodas and uh, not care about my life at it, at all. Uh, when I was traveling back to China, I think 2018 February. Mm-hmm. So my cousin was uh, staying with us. She's a nurse. Um, so she was saying, oh, why don't you get your sugar checked? I know you have this problem. Um, I said, okay. Uh, so we checked the fasting sugar it was like eight point something, nine point something. It's right now. I'm thinking probably it's one forty something mm-hmm. as a measure here. So that was like quite high, and uh, she checked a few times, like twice or three times, and then she said you need to see a doctor. So me and my mom just uh, <clears throat> hop on a taxi and went to a big hospital there to see the doctor. Um, I thought we were just uh, like, like we always do. We, <clears throat> sorry, we check, like, uh, we check with a specialist. I thought we were going home, but she was saying, because I only had vacation for like three weeks or something. Right. That was almost like half through it. Um, she was saying, oh, you need to be like, uh, stay in hospital if you want to check all your thing. So we did over war checked. Because I was complaining, I ha- I was having a low blood sugar. I I don't have really any feeling when the sugar is really high. Mm-hmm. So 
they did an overall check, like even something like they had some fancy check is like checking. I think they did a is that CT or something? They inject something to my arm, and they can scan me to see the shape of my pancreas. Oh. They were say, yeah. I think they, they they were thinking I have some tumor on my pancreas or something. It's oh. causing me low blood sugar. Um, but they didn't find any tumor, and uh, they put on a, like um, CGM on me. Uh, actually, it's quite like I feel like it's a dinosaur model or like something weird. So anyway, like they check if I I, I will have low sugar symptom. Also, they they will because I'm in hospital. They will come like even during the night. They will come like every two hours to collect collect my blood and check my sugar. Mm-hmm. And after that, they were saying, "Oh, you are like type two. You need this is my form in." And another drug, I, I forgot. Um, so take metformin and uh, just um, pass your blood and uh, do this. And so, so when when you so you're in China, they're doing these tests. They felt like this was type two still there. Yes, yeah. because they because I feel like I'm 130 pounds at the time. So they feel like oh, you are not really a skinny person. And from my sugar, they all the stats they were saying, oh, you, you probably are type two. It's also funny. yeah, it's yeah. funny how they do that with certain ages and certain body types. They just make a leap and they decide, though this is type two diabetes. And and like you said, they probably could have checked for antibodies for type one and had a better answer. Um, but then you got put on metformin. How did that process go? Like, how does treating a type one like a type two affect your life? Yeah, I feel like it's mostly like emotional like impact because I came back here, I started to see my uh, primary care physician uh, to continue my prescription for my metformin. And I saw, because at that time, I started to pick up all the exercise. Mm-hmm. I run, uh, our building have some class. I, I almost like attend them all. So I exercise like two hours a day, mm. at least. So at the time, I, I'm losing weight. Also, I feel like promising. I, I was thinking, oh, if I keep exercising and uh, eating healthy meals, I will be off this. I will be turn, cured. It yeah. yeah, you'll get rid of the type <laughs> two is what you thought, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I still want to like confirm this when I'm um with a specialist here again so i went to a columbia uh, naomi diabetes center mm-hmm. uh, make made an appointment and uh and i think i only got the appointment like until like five months later but before that i was attending classes they require you to attend class to see a doctor but that's apparently like a type two class. Right. So my, um, uh, the certified diabetes, diabetes, educator. Yeah, yeah, educator. Yeah. She, you call that a CDE. That could be their, their, um, their name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My CDE is like, she was hosting, she's teaching those class. She was saying, Oh, there's probably something wrong with your case. Um, uh, let me like uh, give you an appointment like for an endo. So in the meanwhile, you just uh, keep your diet like um, better this way and that. Yeah. So how hard yeah. was that for you to just change your diet immediately? Did you struggle? Think, did you struggle with that? I I don't think so. I was more like afraid of that so <laughs> i changed immediately like snap your finger like mm-hmm. i never drink i feel like that that was another extreme like i barely eat i feel like my my eating like dropped like must be like 50 percent. so i lost a lot of weight at that time mm-hmm. um also i was afraid to eat i was very careful with everything i'm eating um uh, yeah, but did the that, downside. Did yeah. that did did your change of diet affect your tiredness? Did you 
stop feeling so tired as you lost weight? No, I think it's getting worse. Okay. Actually. Okay. Yep. And would you call that like, do you have like, like brain fog where you're kind of foggy when you're trying to think and do you have like muscle aches, joint pain, that kind of stuff too? Yeah. I think I have brain fog, fog, like for a long time, especially before my period, like something like, yeah, I think before, yeah, it gets. So let me suggest this to you. If you have someone look at your thyroid panels again Mm -hmm. and the numbers aren't out of range, but they're like a little high or a little different, ask Mm -hmm. ask the doctor to give you medication anyway. I see. Say, can I just try it anyway? Because I've heard of a lot of people whose tests come back in range, but who have hypothyroidism. And and here are my symptoms. My symptoms really seem to match hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you why. My my wife realized she had hypothyroidism after she gave birth to Arden, mm-hmm. and for seven years, doctors wouldn't listen to her about it. Seven years. And it really impacted her body and her health and everything. And then one day in a doctor's appointment, we just said to the doctor, I don't care what the panel say, give her the medicine. And two, two weeks later, she felt better. Oh, so um, I don't don't struggle with it just because that number sitting in a range because it's very common for people to have hypothyroidism and not be in that range. Or not, I see. Not, not be out of the range. I'm sorry. Yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah, I will definitely check it out with my doctor. But but I think right now is everything turns around. Like I think is I'm all, already above a year. Actually, I feel like a year is a really a threshold. Because um, I remember myself like crying, like uh, when I heard my doctor calling me, like, "Oh, your antibodies came out. You, I, I think you are definitely a type one diabetes uh, patient." Crying because you were happy to have a good diagnosis. <laughs> crying because I feel like it's oh, I, I saw I'm type two. I'm still getting control of this, but now it's like I need to be on like being uh, be dependent on insulin forever so i feel like that was a shock okay um yeah i can see did did that push you into any kind of did you experience any kind of depression around this time uh no i think i was a little bit depressed at at the moment like a few months um also i i didn't really use insulin that much even even though i was prescribed also i i think at my first try i used like two units for like 40 something carbs or i got like low okay uh, on the first time so i was even more scared um but i I think everything changed after one event maybe because uh, 2018, like 2018 July, I got the first like uh type one diabetes uh, diagnosis, and 2018 December I went back home again, and they put on a CGM like I was doing overall checked because in China like if you go to hospital they will check everything for you. Now here like when I tell if I tell my doctor uh, I have stomach. Uh, or like something else happening, I will have to go to see a separate specialist. Mm-hmm. So there, even though they are specialists, they will, they will probably they will call consultation for other doctors, but they will check everything for you, do the, all the labs. So they put on the freestyle CGM on me. Um, so I thought, oh, actually I can see my sugar this way instead of poking myself like 10 times a day. Um, so after I came back, I, I get my doctor to get me like freestyle, uh, CGM, but that was my primary care physician. Um, so I didn't know, like, I didn't, I lost touch with my endo, like ever since. Um, so I was like, I wasn't sure like what was I'm using, so actually, I made a, another appointment with my endo a few months later, and she was saying, "Oh, here at the diabetes center, we are actually using Dexcom because it's more accurate during the night." Right. Also, I feel like I'm. I feel like swiping is so 
stupid. Like I have to scan it like every time. <laughs> I feel like I'm a food, like a frozen food, like from Trader Joe. When when I check out, I need to scan myself. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> I never thought of it that way before. But you're just passing yourself over top of that glass thing. Beep. Beep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun. It's very funny. Oh, uh, Jamie, that's hilarious, actually. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think, you know, if Dexcoms, if you can afford Dexcom, it's, I think it's a, a, a huge leap over the Libre. And, you know, people will say, well, Libre is less expensive, so it's all I can afford, which I think if that's the case, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, but I have heard ideas of it being less accurate, too. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough call. Like, you know, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of different things that impact what you can afford and what you can use. And I think, yeah, you do your best. Um, so how, so I guess, let me just start here. Like, like with the type one, how long have you been living with your type one diagnosis now? The thing is, um, one year and, uh, three months with the type one diabetes diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you said something at the beginning, you said that when I sent you this email, I was a completely different person. And you've described pretty well now how, like, what the person was you were back then. But what what is your situation now? How do you how do you see yourself now? If you were to write me again today to tell me about your diabetes, you know, how would you how would you characterize yourself? I think probably, um, I feel like more. Right now, at that time when I was writing you the email, I feel like diabetes is like 99% of my life. Gotcha. Right now, it's like it's just sitting quietly in a corner. It's like 5% or like 3% <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I, I like, the, I like the, um, the, the vision of it just sitting quietly in a corner. I think that's <laughs> how, how did you get to that place? I think it's a lot of... I think you just... Um, uh, I think it's like it's like um, debugging or like if you don't do the right thing, it won't work. Mm-hmm. If you're just constantly struggling emotionally and banging your head to things repeatedly by doing the wrong thing, it will never get better again. Like it will never happen. So you just looked at the steps that needed to be taken and you make sure to take them? Yeah, I yeah. think you just uh, need to, because right now I'm like uh, constantly seeing, or because my A1C is really like perfect, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Uh, my A1C has been like 5.5. Wow. Um, like twice. Or it was, once I use insulin, it's always like 5.8. Like when I'm sloppy, it's 6 point something. So I'm always like 5.5. That's amazing. How how have you been? I mean, where did you? Is the the doctors? I guess the question I should be asking is the doctors you met put you on a plan that is really helping you. Yeah, I think that's definitely helpful. I think the way my diabetes center is doing things is very like logical and organized, and um, I got all the information I need, and uh, they are always there for me. And um, also, I feel like because. I only I'm on uh I was on injection until I think September or August. I used my pen to inject insulin at that time, but I was browsing this uh Beyond Hype One mm-hmm. forum. I put a question there. I was I was asking because I was listening to your podcast a lot. You were talking about Omnipod, so I want to check it out. I think I reached out to them in the beginning, because I I I don't really use as I think as much insulin as other type one right now. Right. So in the beginning, first time I called them, I called the Omnipod saying, "Oh, uh, I want to check it, check it out if I'm um, I'm able to do this." But they said, "What's your injection dose?" I I told a number to them, and they said, "Oh, you don't have minimum." So probably cost back later. Um, also, my CDE was saying, "Oh, I think we still have a little bit time, so you can just uh, use the uh, injection for now." 
are you wanting to get away from injections? Yeah, I certainly do. Like, because I'm big fan of like all the garbage, trash, uh, food, like cakes. Um. <laughs> Jamie's like, listen, I really would like to get back to, to eating cake. <laughs> yeah, because I heard one of your podcast was saying Aiden wanted to eat a chocolate muffin. And you have to create a blanket of insulin for her to absorb all the carbs. It's the, those chocolate muffins at her school are difficult, um, <laughs> but I have figured I have figured them out. But they did take some, they took some trial and error for sure. There's a uh, a, a pretty hefty amount of I don't know what, and it's also interesting because I'm never with her. So when she has mm-hmm. those, I don't get to see them. I don't get to look at the nutrition labels. You know, we just sort of wing it she's always you know kind of rolling out out of her class real quick to go grab one and then goes back and uh it took us i i bet you she ate about eight or ten of those muffins before we got that straight um but yeah so, <laughs> so you and you live you live in new york right are you yeah, uh, yeah um it's a city full of bagels and muffins and pizza and you know a lot of stuff like that and and you're trying to live your life and that's what you want to do are you still yeah. are you still exercising the way that you did yeah actually i Recently, because I also read that American Diabetes Magazine, Association Magazine, it yeah. was saying if you, I used to run also like almost I exercise after each meal, like, but only on like elliptical, like slow motion, like right. not really intense. So I recently read like, uh, because also I'm gaining weight. Um, so my CD is saying try cardio exercise. So I start to run. I'm I'm join I joined a club, a running club with all the marathon runners. Mm-hmm. So I trained uh I only joined them one one month now and I train with them like six AM in the morning twice a week. And then I read about this on the magazine saying if you uh exercise uh in the morning before breakfast it will be better on your uh, sugar tolerant and everything. It's better on your sugar. Okay. Basically. So also I, I saw that if I run in the morning, like say eight miles, I'll be needing, I'll be needing like less insulin than I normally would. Okay. So I have been trying to run like five miles every morning for like two weeks now. I feel like it's working very well for it's me. Working well, that's excellent. Where did you find the podcast? Um. Oh yeah, I found the podcast on the magazine. Um, In the, American. Oh, oh, when they did that thing last year on the on diabetes podcast in the ADA magazine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think awesome. I. Yeah, I think that's the only reason. Like, I got out of the depression. Like I was feeling like miserable, like deprived, and. Uh, um, so depressed until I heard your podcast. You are so funny, and uh, you're always like making joke of all those things. And uh, also, you're talking about in a way like I feel like there are like it's no big deal. You just have to do your thing. And uh, does it, it helps to feel that way? Like that it's just you got to see. That's how your brain works, though, right? Like I, I, I basically <laughs> said there. Like if you just do this, 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 and this, it should work out, and that that makes you happy. Like the idea that there's a process there. Is that yeah? Much, yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I'm very happy that you found it and that it that it helped you. Um, ser- sincerely, I'm huge in the center of China, from what I understand. I'm just kidding. I don't think. Anyone, <laughs> I don't yeah, think, you are. I don't think anyone listens in the center of China. But <laughs> 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 um, it's uh, it's really wonderful to hear you say that, and. Um, it's uh it's hard to know how to to answer somebody when they say something like that it feels uh it's nice and uh at the same time it's it's uh i know what the podcast is and i know how it helps people and still when somebody says it right to your face it's it feels strange so i really i appreciate you saying it and i'm happy for you um i wish i could be less awkward about answering <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really yeah i really appreciate this because I feel like it's really like turned my life around completely. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. It really yeah, is this, amazing. yeah, your po- podcast is um, 
I feel like it has huge impact. Like I don't know how many people like me, but uh, like it's yeah, it's amazing. Well, that's cool. I just looked actually, and in the last, it has been downloaded five hundred times in China in the last like year and a half, which is not. You know, not a not a lot in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things, but it is a lot when you consider. I don't have any impact in China. I don't think um, so. That's that's really cool. Uh, well, I don't like you. Uh, you threw me off a little bit saying nice things about the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Um, if you could give me like one minute, actually, Arden's sleeping in today, and I just need to go mm-hmm. make a, a change to her insulin. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, and sure, sure. Take, take like your time. Seconds. Thanks. Yep. So, what are you doing after the podcast? Don't worry, I'm not hitting on you. I'm just saying maybe you should take a look at the Omnipod Tubeless Insulin Pump and get yourself set up with a free no-obligation demo. Right? <sighs> Hold on, I got an itch on my head here. It's very distracting. This is not what Omnipod's paying for. <laughs> hey, Omnipod. Appreciate you buying the ad where I'm scratching my head. Don't worry, I'll do the ad at the end. My God, that was weird. Check for something. I could have a an ailment. <clears throat> when you go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box, you are going to be presented with information. Wow. <clears throat> God damn. <clears throat> Sorry, Omnipod. My voice broke. All right, hold on. A little water. Goodness me. You're going to be presented with information about the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. Now, this is information that you want to have. Trust me. My daughter will be turning 16 in just a couple of days. She's been wearing an Omnipod every day since she was four years old. It is, in fact, exactly what it says it is. And not many things in life are. It is little. It is convenient. It is tubeless. It is discreet if you want it to be. You can wear it loud and proud, or you can hide it away. It doesn't matter. It's not going to cause you to need tubing snaking all through your clothing. It's not going to make you disconnect to shower, to take a bath, to go for a swim, to play soccer, hockey, go for a run. Whatever you do where this tubing would be a problem for you, the Omnipod will not be a concern. And Omnipod is so sure that you're going to like it, they're happy to send you a free no-obligation demo. That's why you go to the link myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Fill in a tiny bit of information about yourself and Omnipod will whisk right into the mail a demo for you to wear. And that way you can swim and run and sleep and do whatever else you do and do whatever else it is you do that you'll also be doing with your insulin pump on. You can give it a test drive. That's not bad, right? I mean, they call it a pod. What do they call it? They used to call it a demo kit. Now they're calling it a pod experience kit, but I like test drive. Nevertheless, let's not confuse the marketing. Get yourself a free, no obligation pod experience kit from Omnipod today. You will be happy that you at least tried and there is no, no harm in trying, right? Give it a shot. Imagine yourself in your desk chair leaning against the wall in your kitchen. I don't know where you lean in the kitchen. I'm a counter leaner when I'm in the kitchen. You've got your phone there, or your laptop's out, and you've just gotten your Omnipod demo squared away. It's on the way to you. And you're feeling good about yourself. But you want to feel even better. This feeling should send you directly to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Why, you ask? Well, because everything you want to know about the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor that you don't already know, that you haven't learned here on the podcast, is available at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I'm typing it in right now. Now the website pops up and boom, there it is. Gorgeous. The Dexcom G6, there's a transmitter, the receiver. You can see that you can use it on your iPhone or Android. Shows you the sensor. My goodness gracious, everything's right there. Super exciting. Now, super exciting for everybody in the world? Mm, Yeah, probably not everybody. But for someone using insulin, this may not be judged against any other exciting things. Do you understand what I'm saying? It already won. 
Dexcom is the most exciting thing you could do for your type 1 diabetes. Keep in mind, if this was an Omnipod ad, I would say the most exciting thing you could do for your, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know where I'm at on this. There's no parsing words. I'm an Omnipod and Dexcom fan. We use them both. We've loved them both for a decade or more. And I know what they bring to your life. But at the moment, we're talking about Dexcom. So the Dexcom's the best. This is sort of like when you're talking to friends about who's most attractive. It's whoever you're talking to, right? Patty. Ugh. Ugh. But you, you're gorgeous. Anyway, Dexcom, the G6. No finger sticks. Glucose readings right on your smart device. Customizable alerts and alarms. Seeing the data that gives you the answers to how you can use your insulin more effectively. That's how I use it. I mean, sure, it's indicated for kids two and plus, and it's got Siri integration. And of course, you can share your data with loved ones, up to 10 people. But, you know, at its core, the Dexcom is that great information that tells me I'm rising, I'm falling, how fast. So I can do something about it and be healthy and safe. That's what you need to know. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Dexcom is the most attractive of my friends. Right until Omnipod gets here, and then I'm just going to go off in a corner, and I'll be like, hey, Dexcom, I'll be back in one second. Hello, Omnipod. You're so pretty. Links in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Upgrade your health. Okay. So I have questions that have nothing to do with diabetes. Do you mind? Yeah, not at all. Go ahead. How... um, I love Crazy Rich Asians, the movie. Oh. <laughs> do, do you hate, is it a caricature that you think is ridiculous and that only something Americans would like? Or is there any accuracy to it? Why is it that every time it comes on cable and I notice it, I'm like, oh, look, there's that movie again. And then I end up watching it. Um, I like the movie too. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit Hollywoodized. Oh, I would, I would imagine. I was, I was imagining <laughs> that. I didn't think that everyone in China was running around incredibly wealthy, wearing like million dollar outfits and stuff like that. But, yeah. but, 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 how does the, how does it compare? How much cinema do you get in China? First, I guess. I think every a few blocks or a lot. Yeah. So, are there movies that are made in China that you grew up watching, or do you see a mix of those plus? Like imported movies, I think it's um, probably more Chinese movie now in in China. In China, so there's a, there's so there's a like a Chinese Hollywood somewhere. Uh probably yeah. because I feel like entertainment is pretty like active right now. Yeah, how come? And you guys um, in China, people always say, and I've, I have no idea about this, so I'm dying to know. That your technology is way better, your Wi-Fi is way better, like <laughs> infrastructure. Is that true? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, I feel like every time I go back, I will be like, go back to the future. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, so you like, like your cell phones are like better? Uh, actually, I, I never use a Huawei phone, oh. um, but my parents use. And also one thing different is like, you know, in Chinese show drama shows, it used to be like they they are they are using iPhones in the show, but now it's all Huawei show, uh, Huawei phones. Oh, okay. So Chinese made phones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And seriously, the Wi-Fi way better, right? Wi-Fi actually, I think there are always Wi-Fi like in shops, but I don't think Wi-Fi is on the road yet. Or, well, but you live in New York, so it's there in New York. Most people don't have it the way they have it in New York, where it's kind of covered everywhere. But New York Wi-Fi, I don't know if I connected wrong or like I'm too impatient. Like it's always, oh, I'm listening to your podcast, and suddenly it's it stopped because I connect to New York City Wi-Fi, and then it doesn't work as well. Yeah, I don't think so. Or like I just turn it off because I have like unlimited. Data. Data, you can do that. So is there 
I guess the the question I want to mm-hmm. I want to understand is I I understand coming here to to like want to like absorb what Colombia has, mm-hmm. and do you stay behind because you like it here because there's better opportunity here? Like that's a it's an interesting thing to me like to move away from home even if it wasn't from country to country if you you know move away from home and then don't go back is it just this is where you feel like you live now? Um, I would say I'm still thinking if I. Would go back or not? Because um, I'm a only child in the family. Um, also, but I feel like right now because with I'm using Omnipod, I'm using Dexcom. It's like if some in the future something comes out, I feel like it's probably gonna be here. Right. So you you consider that you might want to go home just be I guess because your parents when they get older and that you're the only child. Yeah, but you feel kind of held here by your about the from the medical supplies you can get here. Yeah, I think so. Also, I have I feel like I've been living here like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's starting starting to feel like home. Yeah, I feel like it's more home than my my city because I I also practice Japanese martial art like for three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, my teacher, my sensei, my senpai, like my my dojo, which is uh, the place I practice, is uh, like a um, community to me. Um, yeah, now you're building a life here. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I exactly. I I find it it's not it's bizarre that you know medical devices it's hard to get them everywhere they need to be. I've had mm-hmm. a, I've been having a, a messaging conversation with somebody from Iran who's mm-hmm. tr- trying really hard to get um, Omnipod and Dexcom for their kid, and they can't figure out a way to get it accomplished um, because it just it's not for sale there. And oh. I, so I guess same thing with China. That's just you can't buy those things there. I think freestyle you could, but um, I look it up once to see if there's Dexcom, but I. I don't know if they have or the news doesn't say so. Yeah. And um, yeah, I believe there must be like, um, actually, the insurance in China is pretty good. I would say if I I have a job and everything, I would say probably I'm even spending less uh, than here. Mm-hmm. But uh, if Dexcom is not there, probably I was. Still stay here for a while. I understand. How does insurance work in China? If you have a job, do you get it through your employer? Do you pay for it? Do they pay for it? How does that work? Um, actually, I don't know. Yeah, but I would say because my mom is a teacher, mm. uh, their insurance is pretty good. Um, also, there's like difference between like if you stay in hospital if you are inpatient or outpatient also like because i feel like teachers probably have the very good insurance because they are considered like um the same benefit as government or whatever so yeah is there is there a way for you to take what you do and do it in china i would imagine so right i mean you're working for a bank so that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I it's weird. I wouldn't think you'd go back. I, to be personally, perfectly honest, my brother just went from New Jersey to Wisconsin to, for college, and he never came back because <laughs> because he built a life there. You know, like he met yeah. met people and got a job, and it's just where he lives now. I think it's incredibly common. I just when it feels like when it's that far away, like I didn't know how hard it was to be, you know, away from your parents that far and, and that stuff. But you, it sounds like you have a real incredible base here between your dojo. And, you know, your job and you live in New York. Talk about that for a second because Mm -hmm. New York City is an interesting place because there are so many people (laughs) yet no one's really talking to each other, right? So are you you alone with people or do you not feel alone when when you live there? Um, I feel like half and half actually. Mm -hmm. On one hand, I have my community. I have my running club. I have my dojo. I have my work. Also, I'm living with a roommate. Uh, we have known each other since I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like, oh, my parents are getting old, um, but I'm away. Um, yeah. So I feel a, a bit guilty about that. Of course. No, I understand. How how long does it take to fly home to see them? Um, if I, I always have have two flights. The 
the directing flight uh, to Beijing takes 13 hours. Mm. And then I take uh, another flight to my home one hour how, or so. How long do you usually sit in Beijing? Um, I will. <laughs> the funny thing, I will, I will take a long like a uh, layover, and uh, we'll call call up my friends, and we'll go out and eat all the food. <laughs> <laughs> how how is it, how is it traveling that far now that you're using insulin? Is that have you done that trip yet with? Yeah, I have actually. There's um because uh, I think when I travel internationally, I I just put my insulin a lot of pens in the ice pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I got on Amazon, you can soak it in the water and it will become cold and. Uh, Frio pack. Yeah, some, is, is something yeah. like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, now I'm with uh, Omnipod. Actually, I try because. My change of power, like always, like not sometimes, like when I'm showering and suddenly I scrape the wall, it, it came off, or like sometimes I have to change it, like not the the time I planned mm-hmm. because this weekend is a long weekend. I'm traveling to North Carolina to see my friend. Wow. Um. So I I was thinking probably because I thought I can inject the insulin into the pot and carry it outside, like put it on whenever I want. So okay. I tried I tried it like on Tuesday at work actually. I in the morning before I left I injected insulin, I saw I heard two beeps. Um then I went to work. Actually I put it on like around it's definitely above two hours and it doesn't let me uh, activate that part mm-hmm. so i didn't write the really thick manual of the omnipod that's my fault yeah i think right so i get what you're saying like you were <laughs> trying to transport the insulin inside of the pod that wasn't set up yet except that after a certain amount of time it just errors if you don't turn it on right yeah so yeah so it's... i got gotcha. you uh so do you have a very small shower or do you just take very active showers how did you knock off your <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's totally on me because you know like we have a dent on the wall like uh, you can put in like shower gels and everything it has a edge so i was like i just bending over to scrub my feet and i want like i probably like i scrubbed the wall on that edge so it just (laughs) take it off completely like i was so surprised because normally (laughs) It takes me so much strength, and uh, even I have like marks. Like when I take it off, it sticks so well. Yeah, you just hit it just right, and it popped. It popped right off. Yeah, it's like not even like sticky uh, edge on it anymore. So I, I have to be honest. You made me jealous for being uh, younger and single when you were like, "This weekend, I'm going to go to North Carolina to visit <laughs> a friend." <I> <laughs> Going to North Carolina for three days is like a major upheaval of my life. And I love the idea that you could just kind of pick up and go. It's very cool. Is somebody yeah. you met somebody you met in college? Uh yeah, yeah. From my master program. She's getting a PhD over there. So oh. I've never been to North Carolina, so I'm going to check it out. That's nice. I'm gonna celebrate with her a little bit. Yeah, I think she's um although she's a statistician, she also is um choreographer and a musician so i'm probably gonna dance with her or like um and also i i, I want to keep my running schedule i will run with her probably in north carolina well ho- hopefully it's it's got to be warmer there right now than it is here i would think i hope so how, yeah yeah how how by the way how bad are new york winners they're terrible right just uh, <laughs> I would say, yeah, it's so much colder than my hometown. And uh, when I got here, I was like, ah, it's snow like this. It's so beautiful. And after two weeks, it's still snowing. I feel like, oh, no, (laughs) not again. Stop being beautiful a while ago. The most interesting thing for anybody who's never been in New York City is Mm -hmm. is that on very cold, windy days, the, oh. the wind only blows through the city one way. So you can be on a cross street where there's no wind. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you get to an <laughs> intersection and it feels like there's like a giant God-sized fan blowing down the street, right? And, yeah. and if you get stuck on one of those streets and you're walking up and down the way the wind's blowing, it's it's very 
I mean, it's to be ex- expected, I guess. There's so many buildings, but the buildings block the cross streets. It's very weird. The first time you experience it, it's a strange thing. Very, very strange. Yeah, it is. Like, uh, I heard a story, like, because we, our office was at the uh, Wall Street area once. So one of my colleagues actually came out of the building and his glasses were, were blown away. <laughs> oh, that sounds completely right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very, it's a wind tunnel going in one direction and the other direction there's just a void of air. There's nothing happening, no noise and it's it's all fine. But now I I know. I mean it it really is how how um how immersed are you in culture here? Like when like Christmas time, Christmas time's coming up soon. Like is that a big deal for you or is it just another day like Thanksgiving too? Like how do you handle those kinds of holidays? Um, I would say, yeah, I feel like I'm also like half and half. Like at school, I used to go to Thanksgiving dinner with my like uh, American friends, mm-hmm. and uh, but at work, it's like my friends are going away home. Um, so I feel like I almost like spend all those like American holidays, especially when I'm working more and more. Now I'm spending it like in a Chinese way. I will go with my roommate for like a celebration for Hapa or like my Japanese friend or like it's different. Yeah, that's excellent. It sounds like you have a a cross culture of friends. So that's, that's nice. Like I, I, we live in a, a a diverse place and um, it's just, it's great because Arden and Cole have friends from just all, all different kinds of backgrounds and they are always, uh, you know, they're always doing different things and, and seeing how other people celebrate, you know, different holidays. It's very cool. So it sounds like, you, it sounds like you're living a very metropolitan lifestyle, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, food, at least food-wise, it is in New York City. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can find almost anything there, which might not be good for you, Jamie, I'm starting to think. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, but still one thing I'm thinking about is I hear like everything is labeled clearly and uh, it's, it's also like labeled correctly, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at home it's not always right? Yeah, at home, like uh, I brought something back, like it's some sesame like powder you can actually put in hot water and drink it. Mm-hmm. It's more like a soup or something. So it says like, 20 something carbs so i put in my insulin but my ins- my sugar jumped to like 200 or something wow so i never tried it again probably i will with more insulin yeah sometimes in america we complain about the government and the things that they do and you know the regulations they put on industry but that's a good example you know there's a a part of the u.s government that makes sure mm-hmm. that foods are labeled correctly and they come down hard on businesses that don't do it and therefore those businesses make sure it's right and and that ends up helping somebody like you. I just I I'm really like tickled by the idea that the podcast helped you um with your with your with your goal of eating cake. So I <laughs> I think it's true that Jamie is actually having her cake and eating it as well. Um can I I we're right up on an hour, but mm-hmm. I, I um I wanted to ask you to say your name again in, in Chinese. Uh Dongying Song. Yeah, you're right. I would not be able to say that. Uh, okay. <laughs> Is, can you, in Chinese, say you're listening to the Juice Box podcast, or does that not translate? Uh, uh, yeah, I can try. Thank you. I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but it made me happy. Uh, <laughs> I just um, I just got done. Actually, I didn't just get done. I'm doing tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, somebody's going to jump on real quick in Spanish and go over the signs and symptoms of type 1 diabetes in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put that up along with something else. But you're making me think that I should be doing it in more languages because I have to admit, like I, like, I mean, you listen to the podcast. You know there's... There's been like 280 uh, um, episodes so far with mainly, yeah. you know, English speaking people. Like every once in a while, somebody comes from, you know, Czech or, you know, I've, I've had people from, you know, other countries, but they're still mainly English speaking, Australia, the UK, you know, that sort of thing. But 
you in your email or when we've been going back and forth, you're like, listen, my English isn't great. And like, you're like, but you really are. I had absolutely no trouble understanding you at any point during this conversation. So, I mean, obviously you work with mostly English speaking people all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very cool. I, I, I'm thrilled that it reached you like this. Do you think there'd be any value in me adding the signs of type one diabetes in Chinese? Yeah, I think, I think so, because I feel like, um, but I, I, I'm, I don't really know what his care, care, like diabetes care in China, like, because I'm mostly like just do the checkup and go, yeah. but they, they have some like classes. And also before I have type one, I always saw like diabetes is, um, thing for senior people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like people need to conquer their fear for insulin and uh, also there's certain like misunderstanding thinking Chinese medicine can cure anything like say type 1 diabetes or like it might be helpful but still you need to take insulin so I feel like people need definitely need more information about type 1 diabetes I there agree. yeah I agree I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Oh, I appreciate your time too. This is fun. Good, good. I'm glad. Thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on and sharing your very unique experience. Thank you also to Dexcom and Omnipod for sponsoring this episode. You can get a free no-obligation Omnipod at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And of course, learn all about the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. If you can't remember those links, they're right there in your podcast player notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. I got you covered. You'll find your way there.